0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Truth About Success. This is where we find successful people from all walks of life, from all over the world, and we interview them to find out the truths about success. And boy, oh boy, have we got a legend for you today. I mean, this man is amazing. We're going to find out a little bit more about him. We're going to interview him. We're going to find out his nuggets. But he has been successful in his business so far for well over 56 years and longer than that, okay? And he's still working years, believe it or not. And he's not 57, we're gonna, maybe he might share how old he is. He's he's not 58, but imagine being successful. Some people think about being successful for a year or two years or maybe five years, but we're talking about over 50 years uh, in business and success. So our special guest today, is the one and only, the legend himself, Mr. Larry Dickman. Hi, Larry. Hello,
1: Ayo. So nice to see your smiley face.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. Well, look, you know, it's great to have you on the show, and it's it's important that there. Did I get those numbers right? Is it true you've been 50, 56 years now in business?
1: Actually, this year begins the 58th year.
0: Wow. 58
1: years i have to tell you i all those years were not successful years
0: that's what we want to hear that's what we want to hear we want to hear the truth so let's take us back to the beginning so 58 years ago which year was that that was 19 what 65 1965 okay there are going to be people listening to this they weren't even born then (laughs) larry so where were you so so prior to 1965 tell us a little bit about your your and where you were at at that point in your life
1: well in 1965 i'd been selling another brand of products for five years so i've got over 60 years in this in the cookware business and i was selling what was called a single working girl program and i had an appointment with this girl in her apartment and i walked into the apartment she let me in and here was this little filipino guy Demonstrating a cookware product that had a little clicker in the lid, which I did not have. At that time, I said to myself, What is the name of this product? He said, Salad Master. So I excused myself and left. Next morning, I looked where I would find Salad Master and found it and called Harry Lemons, answered the phone, and from there, it's history.
0: Wow. So you you do that, and and you say you would you was you were selling cookware five years before that, and then you joined that. What were you doing before those five years of selling cookware? Well, what was your line? I lineup? started
1: actually in the sales business from about 1957, I think, and I, I had a guy that I was a friend of was working in a car dealership, washing polishing cars, and this guy had absolutely no personality. I mean, if there was anybody who didn't have a smile, didn't have no personality, this guy was a plain bum. But the guy was making more money in one week than I was making a month selling a food freezer plant. And I'm smart enough to figure this out that I've got more personality than he's got. So I said to him, I'd like for you to introduce me to your boss. So I, He took me to his boss and I told him I'd like to do what he's doing. he said, well, just follow him around. and..." And uh, do what he does. So from there, I learned to sell. Cook- I sell food freezers, and then from there, I went into selling retail in a retail store for appliances. Was under the trainage of a great trainer, and from that point on, uh, I started selling direct. And from direct, I was become a manager of a Singer sewing machine company, which was before I started selling cookware.
0: Wow. So you. So what got you into sales? I mean, because I mean that's that's not a profession that people take. I mean, people don't even see it as a profession. But sales is a profession, one of the best and most lucrative professions out there. What made you go down that road? You know, the, somebody in the audience was looking at today, say, why Why would you recommend they go? They get into sales.
1: I think I the answer to that question was that I could get what I put, put myself into. And I worked hard, I could get rewarded for it. Where if I punched the clock and did an everyday job, I knew I could take home $50 a week, $200 a month, which wasn't a lot of money back in those days. But that wasn't enough to really pay everything you wanted in life. And so by going into sales, I control my destiny.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So did you go, by the way, did you go to college? Do you have a college degree or university degree or?
1: Well, you know, I always, that's a good question because I really never finished the ninth grade. I had no prior education. Uh, I'm probably the world's worst when it comes to writing. And yet by God's grace, I've written two successful books.
0: Yeah, I know you read it. And those two books, what, what are the names of your two books, if you just want to share well, with us? My first
1: book was called A Salesman, and we got over 5,000 copies out all over the world. Second book is called Thank God It's Monday, and we're hitting 1,000 copies already out on it. What,
0: what, what, what's that book about, Thank God It's Monday? What?
1: Well, you know, I a a lot of people say, thank God it's Friday because they've had a bad week. I, I believe we ought to say, thank God it's Monday and forget about the dirty parts that happened in the past, all the mistakes we made, all the failures and look to the future.
0: And look to the future. And so that book is about what teaching people how to think and be positive and stay focused. It's about
1: motivation, being positive,
0: yeah. You know, when people look at successful people, uh, Larry, and, uh, and, and one of the myths out there, they see people are successful and go, oh, Larry, you're, you're lucky. You know, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And, and they kind of excuse success. What, what do you say to people like that with those type of um, remarks?
1: Well, first of all, I, as you well know, no one is born successful. Success covers many things, but most of all, I think success covers hard work, planning, goal setting. Success is accomplishment of an aim and purpose, really. There's no thin line between success and failure. You either earn it, you work at it, you plan it, and you work your plan.
0: Absolutely. And you say there's a thin line. Do you? What do you mean by there's a thin line?
1: Well, I think when we think of the thin line between success and failure, it comes to planning and working your plan. Many people today want to be successful, but they say they want to do it, but they're not willing to pay the price to do it. I think success is understanding what you want. Do I want to be a small dealership, a mid dealership, or do I want to run with the big dogs? It all takes planning. Success don't happen. Just because uh, you want something doesn't mean you get out in the morning and say, I'm successful. It takes planning and hard work. Take a farmer, for instance. A successful farmer plans what he's going to plan for his crop. He then works the crop and he takes care of it. He, he doesn't just sit in his house and say, okay, I planted my seed. Now I'm going to be successful. It doesn't happen. Well, the same thing in sales. We must plan, then we must execute the plan we put together, and that takes a lot of planning and a lot of work. And I might add, it takes other people besides a one-person show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't do it on your own. You know, you've got you've got to be that team, and it is is so true. I mean, I always think about um, people that want to it's amazing how many people I've seen that want to be successful but they don't plan on working I just I just don't get it I've had conversations even with uh, you know people I know and and I used to have this this is this is a line I used to say say let me get this right you want me to go to work to work hard to make the money to give it to you for sitting at home for doing nothing <laughs> is that is that is that what you're talking about because they ex- also expect because you're successful to just give them your hard-earned money. And I go, you know, I don't mind helping people, but I go, I like to help people who work hard, not people who are lazy. And it's 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 just amazing. And I'm sure you've had to deal with that quite a lot. You know, people say, can you help me? Can you help me? But they don't want to work. And very true, they don't have a goal, they don't have a plan and they don't put it into action. They don't go out there and look after the seed they have planted. So Larry, what was your childhood like?
1: Well, you know, my childhood was like many other children born during the middle of the great depression some were born in cities some like myself was born on a farm uh you know we we had food to eat yes because we had a little farm and we had cows and we had pigs and chickens and so we was able to eat then during the winter time my father was a salesman i guess in a sense because he would go ice fish and then he'd smoke the fish and he'd sell the fish to the rich people who sold all their stocks before the crash happened. And then he would raise cucumbers and make German dill pickles in barrels and he would sell those. And so that's kind of how we survived throughout that period of time of my childhood. But, you know, I I think it all starts when you work hard. At, At the age of nine, my mother abandoned my father and I, and ran off with another man. So my father was a town drunk, and that story is in my book on a salesman, of course, and if people want to look it up, they can look it up on reflectionsonmylife.com, but uh, with a capital R, by the way, but the thing is that at that point in time in life, I had to go to work. I was 12 years old. I was out weeding onions, and I was out picking strawberries, and picking berries and working in hot fields for 10 cents an hour just to survive if i wanted food i had to go out and shoot it myself and i was to say i was good because i had a little 22 rifle single shot i could light a match at three car lengths so if i would shoot a pheasant i didn't lose the meat i just lost a head
0: wow <laughs> that's interesting yeah you look at the world we're in today, Larry, and. I mean, the, the, I see people, they don't come from those hardships of uh, that era that we talk about and they have a different world. I mean, they have so much starting out today and they got so much support from the government and from people and it's a different start point. And when you haven't had that type of hardship, hardships, does that, do you think that kind of helps you to become successful when you come from hardship? Uh, rather than from a comfort zone, I, I think
1: that learning how to function and how to survive certainly teaches you a lesson in what you have to do to survive. Yes, I think that's true today. Uh, you know, I, I, it's really interesting the question you're asking because I have the opportunity of running a multi-million dollar business. And I'm happily married, and my wife Elaine, and three boys. All this because of fortunate enough to have good managers and good team. And I think that's part of success, is that when you have people who work with you, who visionize your dream, your 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 goals, and then you come together and you make a plan and you work the plan. And I think that's the the answer to your question. You know. Uh, I, I've got a lot of answers I can give you, I suppose, to take up your whole morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But it's just great to get your perspective, which is well the idea. Yeah. Was there anything looking back on your childhood, your teenage days? I know you said you started working when you were 12. that you think has helped attribute to your success today?
1: Well, obviously that's true because survival is always important to everybody. And And that 12 working for 10 cents an hour is not a whole lot of money. Uh, and so you learn discipline. You, you learn that you don't just go spend what little amount of money you've earned, you just previously. I, I remember the first car that I was able to get. My father was good enough to allow me to buy a car. I think I paid something like $25 for it. And I saved up 10 cents an hour to be able to get enough money to buy that old clunker car just so I had something to drive. And, that, and I was six, 15 years old, didn't even have a driver's license. And we didn't have to have driver's license back in those days. Nobody told us that. My dad, being the town drunk, I had to drive when I was 11 or 12 years old. So I, I learned a lot of discipline in those years. And I would say, yes, probably those are the things that put me where I'm at today.
0: And you talk about discipline there. I mean, wow. I, I've just seen so many talented people, but they haven't got the discipline. And that's what lets them down from being successful. So, you, you know, I have a plaque in my office and it's just one word, discipline. I really believe that's one of the great keys and with great truth to success. It's, it's not how good you are. It's whether you're disciplined to get out there and do the work that needs to be done to get the job done. How important do you think discipline is, Larry?
1: Well, let me give you a story. When I left being the manager of the Singer Soul Machine Company, went into selling cookware and, and with Harry Lemons, I didn't have any money. I couldn't even buy a set of cookware. I was so broke that I afforded to buy a one quart pan. That's all I had. And I had three boys and a wife and a house to take care of. But I knew how to repair sewing machines. So every day I'd go out five days a week and I'd spend four hours knocking doors, repairing sewing machines to get enough money to be able to buy food for the family and then be able to make my demonstration single working girls. to back in those days, I didn't buy food, I just was showing a one-quart pan. It's amazing to me, I could sell Pro set off a one-quart pan without ever cooking any food whatsoever. I guess one of the reasons I feel that we today have a great opportunity in the e-commerce world that we can do what we did back then. But you see, it all has to do with storytelling. If you're a good storyteller, you can tell the story. I've had girls get down off their couch and sit on the floor and look at a picture with tears running down their eyes, thinking about that first meal. They were going to cook on that very special moment in time when they had said, I do.
0: Wow, that's a picture. That's a picture. That's a picture. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. So, what would you say has been? I mean, I'm sure you've had so many successes. What would be one of your biggest achievements you've had so far?
1: Wow. That's a great question. What would be one of my biggest achievements? I would think probably building an organization that I really didn't at the time realize I was going to build this organization. And the transition mentally, I from being a pot and pan salesman to becoming a businessman. And I think one of the problems we have today in direct selling is that many people today haven't made that transformation from being a pot and pan salesman or a vacuum cleaner salesman or a siding salesman or whatever it might be, to becoming a businessman. I run a business. Just like any car dealership runs a business, like any grocery store runs a business, I'm a businessman. I have people working for me. I have payrolls to meet. And, and when you have those kind of things, you have to discipline your time. You have to discipline your money. You have to plan where everything goes. You have to put budget. It, it's no longer just a direct sales business, job, but it's a business and it's a wonderful business. And so I think my probably greatest accomplishment was back when Bill Francisco was the vice president of salad Master. We had a program called University, Salad Master University. So Bill had arranged to come to my office and I just opened an office up and Vicki Schmidt, who was just a brand new consultant at that time, she hadn't even committed to even being a consultant. She was actually working for me by the hour, cutting salads and booking dinners for me. And just a week prior to Bill coming, the major employer in the town I lived in of 20,000 population laid off 2,500 people. Now you can imagine what the newspapers and the TVs did with that. Yeah. They, they went wild with it. Negativism was all over the place. And I have to confess, I bought into it probably as much as anybody else. So Bill flies in, I pick him up at the airport and I'm enlightening Bill and there's a bad time for him to come because we got all this unemployment. Bill looked at me and he said, Larry, I got a question for you. First of all, we don't work with unemployed people. You realize that, don't you? Yes. Well, is the police department still running? Yes. Is the fire department still going? Yes. Is the hospital still running? Yeah. So, you know, I don't think we have a problem. That week, every morning we were in class for, for about two to three hours with Bill That afternoon, we all went out salad cutting and prospecting for that evening. Everybody cooked that evening. At the end of the week, we had delivered 50 sets of cookware, more than I delivered in a year probably in the past. I learned discipline there. I learned the value of what it meant to run a real business. And from that day on, I began to run
0: a business. Wow, so great, great thing then. Larry, so how do people, I mean, because you made a big point, and I know when I'm coaching, I t- I tell people this, that you have to start saying to yourself, I'm a businessman, or I'm a businesswoman, and because if you don't get yourself into that mindset, you're, you're just a, a a nurse, or, a, you know, or a cleaner, or, or I'm a student, or I'm an engineer, but if you don't say I'm a business person, because that's what the switch, how, how can you, what advice would you give to somebody to do? how do you make that switch from you? Obviously, had Bill come in and help you make that switch and, and show you how does somebody make that switch from just being who they were to go, I'm now going to start thinking like a business person.
1: Well, you know, when I'm training our people that come on board with us, one of the first things I advise them to do is get themselves mentally ready to become a business person. And I'm going to train you to become a business person. We're going to train you to become a dealer. Now, some people don't want that. You know that, and I know that. They're just going to be here today and gone tomorrow. But those who are hungry, those who want it, stay with the program. And a good example of that is Ning Vega. Ning Vega worked with me for years. I always told her she could become a great dealer. We trained her. We taught her. We showed her how to run a business. Today, she runs a very successful business called Kitchen Legacy. She made senior, she made senior dealer the first year out. So those are things that happen when people take the advice of other people. Now, another one is... Uh, is Marison in Vegas, Larry and uh, Marison. Uh, They took time, but they're there. They're coming. It took time. I spent much time with them, showing them, teaching them how to set up a dealership. And a lot of these people don't understand the importance of what a dealership really is. You know, I guess I'm a little hard-nosed because I think if you're going to be a dealer, you ought to be a dealer. Not a single seller. If you're gonna be a single seller,
0: stay within a dealership. And talking about dealership, because we've obviously got some uh, some some of our audience listening to this, they're not um, they're not in the industry uh, in, in the Salmaster business. But talk to them, when you talk about this 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 discipline of people thinking to become a a business, if I was somebody outside not even in our in, in our industry here and they were thinking they were looking at this and they were talking about okay you're saying i'm supposed to be a business does this apply to any walk of any any other facets of business or is it just uh, in sales do you think you have to think that way
1: well, i think any business requires planning and goal setting and work in your plan, execute your plans. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't matter whether you're into direct sales or what it is. It's a business is a business and basically businesses are run very similar.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but that mindset is important. That mindset yeah. of being you know, a one,
1: I was just thinking, I'll and you'll wash out a lot of this stuff, I know from what you're doing, but let's take a look at Ryan. When Ryan was sent to Solid Master, he came from a very successful family. But where did Ryan start? The same place you started. Out in the field, learning to run the business. What was the next step from that? Becoming under Keith Peterson and learning how to become a president. And from there and there and there until now today, he is the president of the Riga Corporation. and that didn't all happen overnight it took planning it took executing the plan following the plan and, and it really had nothing to do whether you're running a, a cookware company or you're just running a, a factory such as he's at right now what he learned in the in the uh bottom line of, of when he disciplined he learned of how to do this and that and this his dad saw what was in him and saw Wait. that he could do this
0: But you've got to find, I mean, you used that example of Ryan, but, okay, that's somebody who wanted it. How do you deal with the people who actually are there, but they maybe don't want to be successful?
1: (laughs) Well, that's a good question. I I don't know if I really have an answer for that, because, you know, I think you got to want something if you don't have a dream if you don't have a vision if you don't know what you want you know you take a look at tina up in canada this girl knows exactly what she wants
0: yeah yeah good stuff so one of your biggest achievements is obviously building building a business and you've got a successful business that does well four five six million dollars every year uh you know which is which is fantastic and i mean now that takes some that takes some work so why are you still working larry
1: well that's really a question i ask myself quite often why am i still working you know i i uh, my wife and i were just talking about that just yesterday uh i'll turn 88 in april well wow. i i think it's a challenge i i really do you know we're, we're on the cutting edge, I.O., of, of something fantastic. You know, there, there are periods of time throughout my life when there were changes came about. Some changes I liked, some changes I didn't. When we first went to the removable handles, I probably voiced my opinion loud and clear. I didn't like it. And the same as my friend over in Boston, he didn't like the idea of going to, 316 and leaving out 18.8. And he was very vocal about it. The difference between Chris and I was that I had to learn to accept it, but a customer of mine taught me the lesson. Without even a pan to show this lady, who was one of my customers, I was doing a cooking show with her and a group of people. And when I talked about the pan with no handles, she turned to her husband and said, I'm buying a set. And he said, well, you have a perfect good set. It's not even three years old. And she said, I hate those long handles. They get in the way in the sink. I want a new set without handles I can remove. She sold me on the removable handles that Salamaster never did. That was a change. Then we move along further in life and we come to more changes. Today we're in the transfer. We're in an era a time when the world will change, whether we like it or whether we don't. We will change. Now, whether people in the company make the change, I don't know. That's, that's you guys' job as the president, to convince them that this is a new world, a new change. My goal is to build a trailer. That's why I'm interested in your friend here that will turn people on and say, I want to know more about the product. And then the virtual cooking show comes in, whether we cook or whether we don't cook, they're gonna say, I want the product. That's my goal. That's what keeps me moving. That's why I'm not done.
0: That's why you're not done and you're never done. Well, I say this uh, quite a few times, one of my philosophies, philosophies in life is life is about evolving to be the best you you can be and to enjoy that journey because the better you get the more you realize you can do i'm just listening to you that's what you're doing you know you go i'm 88 years old and because and there's some people they want you know they they've mentally retired at 40. they're still working <laughs> but they've given up and i'm thinking like has the world seen the best of you or do you have more to give and if you got more to give and be creative and inventive and it's great to see your passion So, talking about change, so change is an important part of the world we live in. And the world is changing. And if you don't change with the world, if you don't make those changes, you get left behind. Would you agree with that? I do. I
1: agree 100% with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, talking about uh, change brings challenges, what's been some of your hardest challenges so far?
1: Well, I think one of my hardest challenges is to get people to realize They've got to change. You know, we get set in our ways and, and we like our we like our ways because they're, they're ways of comfort. So change removes you from a comfort zone. You have to redevelop a whole new comfort zone, really is what happens. And, and that change is hard sometimes for people to, to say, I'm going to change from this to this. And my biggest challenge right now, be honest with you, is to get my general manager to accept the fact that we are going to change because it's easy to follow the old program. But the problem with changes are our failures that come along with it. As much as you want success, you'll also have failures because you have to try, 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 try and try again until you've got it right.
0: So talking about that, how do you then handle failure? And rejection, because that's a big part of being successful. Nobody gets success just by doing one thing and they're there. You just said there's, there's,
1: there's a scripture I owe in the Bible in Third John, first chapter, second verse, says this: "Beloved, I would above all that you prosper and be in hell. I re, I accept failure. I know I'm going. I know there's times that I'm not going to get it right. Now I'm going to have to go back and do it over again. But I also know that it is God's will for me to prosper. I also know that if I follow his plan of Matthew 7, 7, which says, seek and you shall find, open it will be open to you, knock and it will be open, ask and you will receive. You see, there's a word there called will. It will be done. That's a powerful word. When you think of the power of that one word, will, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find knock and you will open that one word tells me that it will happen that's the power if the power. i follow if i follow the plan if i knock if i seek if i ask it will happen
0: absolutely and you can't beat the scripture i mean the scripture is all in there i mean it's those words of wisdom are in there it's it's just uh Amazing. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. But you—I'd like how you emphasize that word "will." The will—the key is the will, isn't it? Yeah, the will. Yeah, the will. The will will be done. So your mindset. So how, so you—you you use that to to help you see failure and rejection in a different light. That even though you knock on the door and they say no, you go. I'll keep knocking. But the other part says seek. Seek. Go look some more. (laughs) Go look some more.
1: (laughs) Keep asking.
0: Keep asking.
1: (laughs) It's all there. The the whole secret's right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so go through it again. So we want to make sure everybody's got this. So it starts with knock.
1: Matthew 7, 7 says, seek and you will find. Knock and you will open. Ask and you will receive. Or vice versa. I haven't got it right, but it's somewhere in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But we'll be done. We'll be done. I love that. I love that. So, talking about success, what are your own truths about success? You you've been in business now sixty years. You've had good years. You've had bad years, but you've had more good years than bad years. And um, what is your secret to success? Would you say?
1: Well, I think I I'll my of success is different than other people's. First of all, I, I don't own my company. God owns it. I tell people God is the CEO of Esterbrook Incorporated. I, I just happen to be here, and I try to follow the principles and follow the rules and follow the plan. I have great people that work for me that follow along with my beliefs and my thinking. We, we set things straight from the very beginning. We're not going to tolerate other businesses coming in and passing their business cards out in my office. I won't tolerate it. I tell them right up front, if you want to be asked, you want to be part of my business, part of my family, you're 100%. You're not selling gold. You're not selling blankets. You're not selling own cards you're going to do Salamaster. If not, get out, I don't want you. So we have a committed team. Our managers are committed. They're all full-time managers. We have no part-time managers. They're all full-time and they're committed. And I think that is what brings success.
0: So how do you, um, if, if you were talking against somebody outside and, and imagine you were talking to your grandson, Say, and you, it's 20 years old or 25 years old. Say, I want to give you three tips to help you become successful. What would those three tips be?
1: Well, probably the first one would be is plan. Second would be set your goals, know your goals, know what you want. And then third would be to execute your plan. You got to know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off.
0: Yeah, I love that saying. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, if you you know that's that's okay. So, <clears throat>
1: you know, Bill Francisco told me when I first started this business, and I don't even think he was a vice president then. I'm not sure what his position was, but he said to me, "Larry, stay focused." I use that word for the past. 50 some years with people I bring into the business. Stay focused. Don't get sidetracked. Stay focused. The greatest advice a man ever gave me was staying focused. Focused. I've had people offer me big jobs when I was uh in, in the single working old market. I had other cookwork companies come and offer me regionals, offer me vice presidencies. I had TV offer to go on television and do what we do today doing cooking shows. I turned it all down. Why? Because I remember what Bill said. If I stay focused, I would be successful. Today, I've achieved that success. I don't don't think of myself as a successful person. I just think of myself as an everyday common person every day. You call me a legend. I don't even know what legend I am, really. To me, I'm just an everyday
0: Joe. You did the job very well. Well, I suppose when you become, when you become uh, I mean, people look at you from the outside in, and they obviously admire successes, and, and the fact that you have stayed on top of your game for so many years. You know, one good day doesn't make a good week. One good week doesn't make a good month. One good month doesn't make a good year. One good year doesn't make it a, a, a good decade. And staying on top of your game for a decade or more—it's—it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, is it, Larry?
1: I—I th- I think the answer is—is—is is, is, is you have to have a positive attitude. You know, you—you you got ups and downs. Honestly and truthfully, my first two months of this year are disappointing months to me because my goal, as you know, was to become number one in the world this year. And starting off, uh, I've already lost probably $150,000 already the first two months of this year. But that doesn't affect me because I still believe I'll be number one in the world. I just got to make up for two months. That's all. And I can do that. I, I believe we can do that. I believe that we can make up. Now, We have to maybe readjust some of our plans. We have to change our our thinking where we were planning on this amount of, of cooking shows or this amount of sets delivered every month. We got to adjust that a little bit. So why do we do that? Well, there's the old saying is you can't eat the elephant all in one bite. You take it one bite at a time. So we're going to sit down, we're going to break it down. We're going to say, okay, this is five sets for your team a day where before maybe it was three. So it's not that big of a deal. It's only just a couple more a day. That's all that I'm asking you and your team to do. And if
0: you do that, we'll make our goal at the end of the year. You now, some people say, Larry, yeah, but it's okay. You're positive. You know, it's okay for you. You don't understand. I'm, You know, I'm having a hard time, and I'm not there, and I haven't got the funds behind me, and, you know, or oh, my partner's not supporting me and I've got all these. I mean, it's easy for you. You're successful. I don't, I don't. What advice would you give to that person in that situation?
1: You know, I think there are times I that many of us, including myself, have been in that place. I remember maybe 30 years ago, Vicky had won a trip to Disneyland. My bank account was not where it should have been. But my accountant said to me, go. She won the trip. Pay it off. I'll make sure your bank account stays stable. One of the things I learned early in life is you need a good attorney, and you need a good accountant. Many people don't realize the importance of those people. They cost money, but they also make you money. And they keep you out of trouble. And so I took that trip. When I came back, my sales force worked hard while I was gone. The checkbook stayed stable where it was at. But there was a time of worry whether or not there would really, my my, my checks would would not bounce. Yesterday, my son John cooked for a farmer. The lady told him when he booked the show with her at a home builder show this past week, she owned the cookware for 20-plus years. She wanted a more cookware. He went there and cooked the cooking show. She was ready to purchase a master set. And the husband said, honey, we couldn't meet payroll. Now, there's a farmer. He was supposed to be a successful farmer. He can't meet payroll. Why is it he can't meet payroll? Well, first of all, he didn't plan for the time when he would have a downtime. See, we have to plan for things. And so many people in business fail because they fail to execute the plan. For instance, I probably think if I would have been in that cooking show, my first question would have been to the farmer, have you set aside funds for such a day as this? And more than likely, he had. I have a bank that has set aside $100,000 for me anytime I need it. I can walk into that bank and I can draw on that bank account. Well, I've never used it. It's been there for probably 20 years. I've never had to use it. But see, that's business. That's running a business. And people don't understand how to run a business. Did I always have good credit? No, there were times my credit was in the toilet but I worked hard to rebuild that credit. I built it one step at a time, paid off one bill. I don't owe anybody anything, I'm debt-free. You
0: know, I I would say to people that sometimes they dare to say, you know, I've got my credit card. I say, you know what? I want you to think of this this way. I said, the credit card company or the bank believed in you. That's why they gave you the money. Right. Your real challenge is you didn't believe in you and you didn't go to work. And, and you need to understand it. These people believed in you. You just got to believe in yourself and go back to work and you'll you figure it out. Figure it out. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing. Now you talk about like building how you talk a lot about the plan, the plan and executing. So if you're building a if you were gonna build a hotel, before you build a hotel, you need to know how many star hotel you're building? Is it a two star hotel? Is it three stars or four stars A five star hotel? Because that's gonna determine the plan and the, the build. So you need to know to be successful. I always think you, uh, I don't know what you think about this, but I've always said, you need to know that I'm gonna build a four star hotel or a five star hotel, or I'm gonna be the best at this. You need to know that, don't you? Before you even start out, be clear on those steps.
1: You know, talking about that hotel, many years ago, there was a big push in multi-level. And like a lot of people, I wanted to know about multi-leveling. So I started researching multi-leveling. And one of the books I read talked about hotel building. And one of the things they said was that to build a good, strong hotel, you have to lay a foundation deep and strong. And know that's the truth about our business. When I read that, I thought that probably was the beginning where I really started building a business because I realized that there was a foundation that had to be built deep and strong, that when the storms of failures and the storms of downside came, I couldn't be affected by it. I didn't want to be like the house on the seashore that was built by the sand and the wind and the rain came and blew it away. I didn't want to be like the three little pigs. <laughs> yeah, I wanted the strong house like the one pig had, right? So when he huffed and puffed, he couldn't blow it away. Well, it has to do with business. It's building a business that's strong.
0: Building so a business that's strong. Thank you, Doug. So why do you think people fail?
1: You know, that's a really great question. I think it has to do with attitude. I think it has to do with mentality. I think they just lose hope. I think they just can't seem to get beyond the negativism that surround them. and And to overcome that failure, they've got to have something to believe in. They've got to have something or someone to build them up and to pick them up and to get their head on straight.
0: I think that's why it's important to have a mentor, mentors around you. Did you have any mentors yourself?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Yeah. And how important would you say that is?
1: I would say it was very important.
0: Yeah. And uh, what was the one thing you admired about your, one of your mentors?
1: The positive attitude. That was yeah. always a... A big thing with being positive, staying focused, keep your goals in front of you. Understand, you know, a lot of people really don't understand how to set goals. Really, they, 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 you know, years ago, I used to think I was setting goals when I said, I want to do this amount of business by the end of the year. Well, to me, that was a goal, but really it wasn't. It was just a thought. Hmm. You have to plan, you have to set your goals and then you have to work your plan to, to make the goals come together. And it's just like the farmer saying, I want to raise a crop of corn. Well, that's good. He can set in his barn with all of his seed, but until he goes out and prepares the ground and puts the ground the seed in the ground, puts the fertilizer on it, puts the water on it, hoses it, uh, and it takes care of it, it's never going to become a field of corn. See, this is the way it is in business. You've got to make the plan. You've got to work the plan. I can't gotta- emphasize it enough.
0: You got to keep that attitude positive. You know, the mind is like a garden. You know, if you do not if you do not look after the garden, if you do not weed and constantly look after the garden, the weeds will just grow and eventually take over the garden and there's no flowers left. So you, you've got to keep working, you got to keep weeding. Uh, and uh, talking about goal setting, I, I don't know whether you saw the series I did, if you know, I did a whole uh, video with step-by-step uh, step how to set a goal, The vision boards, you've got to do. So I don't know whether you saw that, um, uh, Larry. So we'll we'll make sure that's available to anybody listening uh, to this, that they can go and get the goal-setting exercise. There's a workbook to go with it. You've got to take time. This is your life. Let's get a plan together. Let's sit down and put that thing on paper and get a plan together and do your goal setting and there. Cause that, I'm a big goal setter. When I I didn't realize it, what I was doing at the time is only later on when I began to hear people talk about goal setting, it was actually the same thing. I had a goal, I had a plan, I knew what I had to do. And the nature when you join a business that allows you to get promoted, they already have the business plan. You just need to go to work and be a good student. Right. And just learn, I mean, that's it. So, Larry, um, you know, with all the turmoil in the world, you know, the last couple of years has been tough with, with obviously what's gone on uh, with, with COVID and the current situations. We're not making any political uh, remarks, but how do you stay focused with all this turmoil there is in the world?
1: I think, first of all, training is a key word to stay focused on the plan that you have. And I think that's important, not allowing outside distracting of your goals. You know, when the pandemic hit, I think like a lot of people, wow. I mean, you know it hit us mentally as well, you know, and they hit our people. So what was it going to do? Was it going to shut down, fold up, and go out of business, which a lot of companies did? Or are we going to make a change of plan? Well, we decided to make a change of plan. We had already initiated a virtual type of cooking program by putting together our virtual flip chart that we've been using for years. So the changeover was quite easy for us to make that change because we were already working on a virtual part of the world of digital. But we also had to do something else. And that was we had to get our customers on board with us. So service became very key point in this point because they were at home Locked in, but the telephone was there. So we began calling our customers and coming out and we went out and servicing and we cleaned their cookwork for them. Fortunately, they let us in. And when they saw that we cared about them more than their money, they turned around and ordered more product. That year we were number two in the world because we made a change.
0: Made a change. So the way you handle so again, I'm just talking to people out there. They deal with a lot of negativity. Some are, you know, obviously allowed the media to affect their attitude, and they're looking down. What what advice would you give to someone like that?
1: Well, first of all, I think you need to forget about the media. They're a bunch of liars. They know never tell you the truth. They sell they sell lies. That's what makes the media run, really is negativism. So if you believe what they got to say, you're going to live in a negative world because you're going to sit there every hour watching that stupid tube and you're not going to get anything done. So shut the TV off, get your head on straight, think positive and work a plan, put a plan together. How can I make this happen? You know, Padoy, I think was tremendous on the last presentation he made when he talked about how he almost died. He had four months left of the year, and he wasn't about to not be again elite. He put a plan together. His team came together. They together worked the plan. I mean, that that whole thing is what it comes down to. You got to make a plan, you got to work the plan, and your team's got to be on board with you.
0: And you know, you're talking about this again, I, I, I hate to bring this up. We're gonna give you the goal-setting exercise. We're gonna give you the workbook. I send this out and I send it out to so many people and they, they wouldn't find two hours of your time to make a plan for your life, not for my life, not for Larry's life, but for your life. You've got to invest in you. But that investment is not watching the TV. That investment is taking the time out to study, to do your goal setting, to go through that workbook and the exercises. You no, know, Larry, I don't know where you heard this. There was a, that, you know, I, I was told they did there was a survey done, and they figured out that the people who watched the most TV earned the least money, and the people who made the most money watched the least TV. There was a direct correlation. So David, so. got the boy You tell them how, that these guys were saying. If you tell me how many hours a week you spend watching TV. I can tell you how much you earn. I mean that that is so sad. And I, I had to make that decision in my early days where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to walk away from that TV, and uh, you know, and you've got to be very careful with the news and that feed in your brain because it's all negative stuff. It's all yeah. negative stuff.
1: You know, I read a lot of books. I I bet you do too. Some years ago, I don't know, maybe five years ago, I got hooked on Augment Deal. I read every book he wrote, and I reread about how many times. And it was such a strong message in his writings of really what it takes. The very beginning of how he put the salesman out with that coat. And the success of what he did and how he trained him and taught him, you know, that, that tells us a whole lot about how we run our business, really. Mm-hmm.
0: So what advice? We're coming to the end now. What advice would you give to someone starting out? What advice would you give, you know, to somebody starting out now? Well, what, what what advice would you give to them, Larry?
1: I I think if someone starting off that's never been in the business. I think first thing you've got to do is set some, set some plans. They got to plan what they want, set some goals. Then I think they need to research on how they're going to accomplish those goals. Your book, for instance, on the, why they, they need to know the, why, why do I want to do this? What is my reason for it? How strong is my reason? And, and you know, uh, there's so many different ways that, I mean, so many things you have to understand when Zig Ziglar was alive, Ziggy and I were good friends. And we spent many hours on the phone together. Uh, I'd go to his meetings, we had lunch together. I picked that man's brain, I'm telling you, and why? Because I wanted to learn, I was hungry to learn how to be successful in this world. And I think that's what people have to do today. They gotta be hungry for it. And they gotta be willing to make the plan and execute the plan. Mm.
0: Now, there's a price for success and there's a price for failure. Either way, you're paying a price. You yep. just got to decide which, one you, which price you're going to pay for. Um, Gunter Hunt was a bankrupt cotton farmer. And uh, I remember being told this story. And he was bankrupt in his early 30s and died a billionaire. And he was interviewed and says, what are the two things you need to he said, was what, the key to success? He said, there's only two things you need. One, you need to know exactly what you want to achieve. And right. the second is you have to understand the sacrifices you are going to have to make to achieve that. He said, then, then all you have to do is make the sacrifice and pay the price. That's all. That's uh, it's 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 clear focus. So in closing, what... Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Is it, is it worth all that hard work, all that time, commitment, sacrifices you put to learning?
1: Absolutely. It was worth it. I wouldn't change a thing. Because I, I learned so much mm. through failures, through hard times, you know you you learn your lesson through these things. I mean, you, you learn what to do and what not to do, for instance. You know, one of the things I learned was to control my money. So many salespeople have what is called they get rich and, and then they're, they're broke. You know, they make big commissions, they go out and spend it, then they, they don't make any commissions, they come around belly aching, well, I can't make any money. This business isn't for me. I tell people this: first thing I want you to do when you get into business with me is go make yourself a separate bank account for your house account. Figure out how much money you know every week that you have to pay. And I don't care how much your check is, I don't care if you make a $5,000 commission, you put it in that bank account and you pay yourself a salary every week just like you would anybody else. At the end of the year, you can pay yourself a bonus. If you do this, you'll never be broke. You'll never have an up and you'll never have it down. The first lesson I learned years and years and years ago, I was one of those salespeople. I was up here, I was down there, up here, down there. So when you're down, you're negative. You're always worried about where the next buck will come from. Then you're out rushing to get more money. And I listened to the car salesman. That guy would have a good first half and a bad last half. And that's the way it runs in the car business. Because I sold cars for a while. I learned the lesson that if I took and put myself on a stable financial foundation, I would never have an up and I'd never have a down. I would always have a solid. So no matter how much money I made one first half of the month, if I had a bad half, it didn't matter. Because I still had a solid foundation, which mentally kept me solid. I experimented with it for 30 days. It worked. So said, wow, if it worked for 30 days, let's try it for 90 days. The more I tried it, the better it worked. So then I run it by the year. And that's the way it's been ever since then. I pay myself a measly salary of $711.25 a week. That's my salary. But at the end of the year, my accountant says, you have to pay this much every quarter.
0: (laughs) So what do you like about being successful?
1: I don't know. I really don't. I guess probably I have everything in life I never dreamed I would have. As I told you, my father was a town drunk and just to even skimp out a a meal, I had to go look for it. Uh, Today, you know, I, I, I have expensive cars. I have lived in a beautiful home. I travel the world. I have a bank account. And I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I'm just happy being who I am.
0: Hey, uh, I'm
1: a born-again Christian man, and I trust God to take care of me. That, that's probably the bottom line.
0: So as we come to a close, um what's one tip? What 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 any any last remarks you want to say?
1: I would say to the world. Know what you want, set your goals, plan how you're going to do it, research on what you need to know about. It's like writing a book. I do not know anything about writing a book, but I researched and I researched to get information. And that's life. You have to know where you're going. You have to know what you want, plan for it, execute the plan and stay, Focus. That's the one advice that was given to me, and I'll give it to everybody. Stay focused. Don't get distracted by side issues. Same thing with people you with negatives. Tell them, hey, you know what? Go take old Francisco's say There's a bush outside the door. Leave your negative tied to that bush out the door. Don't bring it in my office.
0: I like that. And, you know, that's the whole part of this series here, The Truth About Success, is I've just found um, when I was coming through, in a lot of cases, the people that could have helped me, they didn't. And so I, I, it was a hard journey. And that's what we're trying to do here, is reach out, share with you some of the things that we've done, what we've been through. Uh, to to get here and hopefully make a difference in people's lives because that's the goal. The goal here is to leave a legacy where we have touched people's lives and we've made a difference. And Larry, you've touched many lives and you've made a difference in many lives. So, you know, a big thank you, Larry.
1: Thank you, Niall, for giving me the opportunity to be with you. And I always enjoy visiting with you when we're on LCEs. I look forward to sitting down and just busy with you, picking your brain because you have so much to offer this company.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. And uh, just quickly, what's your, what's your favorite dish, Larry?
1: Well, that's a great question. I, I like a lot of different things. And Filipino food, I love adobo because my stepfather was Filipino, so I love the
0: adobo at
1: synagogue. I like roast beef. I like fried chicken. I like corn on the cob, you know.
0: Yeah. What's you any hobbies? Do you have any hobbies? Riding. Riding. Well, horse riding.
1: Yeah, riding is my hobby.
0: Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Did you get your new car? I know you were you were you'd ordered your new car. I don't know whether you've got it yet.
1: Well, they couldn't make it, so I I, I picked up an Audi, full electric phenomenal automobile absolutely phenomenal
0: wow wow thank you well that thank you larry for being on the call
1: oh did I tell and you about my corvette
0: no no you didn't tell me about your corvette
1: <laughs> yeah 88 years old i've got a beautiful cornet grand touring
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's what's what success life's about. right hey look that's what life's about you know working hard and enjoying your success and uh, yeah. You know, I always said part of the reason to to be to be successful, I've talked to have money is so you can make the choices you want to make. So you can, if you you know, if you want to buy a small car, you buy a small car. You want to buy a big car, you buy a big car. You want to eat a nice restaurant, eat a nice restaurant. You just want to have a snack or a takeaway. You have a, you can make the choices uh, in your life rather than somebody telling you what you can or can't do. And that 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 to me was a a, a big Drive it, to be my own man, to be my own boss. That was just such a big important thing. Big important thing to me. So look, Larry, thank you for being on here. Hey, look, it's the truth about success. Make sure you share this information. Uh, it's not for you only. The best way you can help somebody is to get this information. We need you to subscribe, we need you to sign up, we need you to join, we need you to. Pass this information on there. It's very, very important that, that if you saw something that was going to make a difference in your life and you don't share it with other people, then that means you're being selfish and you're keeping that to yourself. So I'm going to ask you to, to help us. We're trying to reach and touch as many lives as possible to get this message out to people there and hear the words of wisdom from Mr. Larry Dickman. You know, again, a legend there. I have a lot of respect for this man to be still out there, still there. He's my, one of my role models uh, that I've looked up to and lots of people look up to. Let's get this message out. Let's share it with the world. Let's make a difference together. Let's get those truths out there, and let's go and empower people. Thank you for being on the call. Thank you for listening, Larry, uh, and we'll see you soon.